The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Hey, New Song Church, it's so good to be with you once again, and I'm excited because I believe that this is the last time that I'm going to have to preach a message like this to a room with just a few people in it. If, if you didn't hear already, our plan to, to come back and start having churches is now being put into place. You can go to newsongpeople.com slash return plan and learn more about that. Uh, next week is Mother's Day. We've got an incredible Mother's Day lined up. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, but today we're continuing our series that we've been in called From Here to There. And the idea in this series is actually really simple. Wherever you find yourself today, whatever place you find yourself in, whether it's a good place or maybe it's a bad place, doesn't matter. Wherever you are today, God has another place that he wants to take you to, a better place that he wants to take you to. In fact, we, we talked about this last week. God wants to lead you to a better place than where you are today. No matter where you are today, no matter how good it may be or how bad it may be, God wants to take you from here to there, to that place of blessing, that place of favor, that good place that God has for you. So we started off this series a couple weeks ago talking about uh, the road and the path that leads to life. And when we're talking about life, we're talking about the life that God has for you, the good life that he wants you to experience. But in order to get to that place of life that God has for you, you have to choose to follow God's path. Uh, last week, I thought Josh Romano did just a great job talking about the path that leads from lack to plenty, that, that God wants to bless you financially and he wants to bless you in such a way that, that he can bless not only you, but bless the world through you and build the kingdom of God through you. But, but again, if you're going to get there, you're going to have to follow the plan. You're going to have to follow the path that God lays out for us in scripture. So if you missed either one of those first two weeks, I want to encourage you, make sure you go back and listen to those messages. Uh, you can go to newsongpeople.com and watch them there. You can subscribe to our YouTube page, listen to the podcast and catch back up with us. Today, I want to talk to you about how to advance through the problems of life. And, and if you're taking notes this morning, I'm calling this message Advancing by Advanced. Advancing by advanced. And that, that'll make more sense to you here in just a little bit. You know, in this world, um, you're going to face problems and troubles from time to time. In fact, Jesus said it like this in John 16, He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You know, we live in a world that has been affected by sin. Ever since Adam and, and Eve sinned in the garden, Years and years ago, when that happened, sin entered into this world. And because of that, a curse entered into this world. And so now this world that we live in, that we exist in, there's a curse on it and it's broken. And, and that broken curse sometimes will try to affect you even though you're a Christian. Even though you're on God's path, it'll still try to get all up on you. And beyond that, you also have an enemy. There is a, there's a real devil who really does hate you and he wants to try to ruin your life. And so you take these factors, a broken world, a cursed world, and an enemy, and from time to time, you're gonna face problems. You're gonna face trouble. If you're in this world, you're gonna face it. You're gonna face stuff like what we're facing right now, what we've been dealing with for the past several 
several weeks, the coronavirus. This is a problem. This is a trouble. And we're, we're all dealing with it. We're all having to face it. You're going to face times in your life when you, you have problems, like maybe, maybe someone that you care about, someone that you love. Maybe they betray you. They let you down. They hurt you. You're going to face that from time to time. You're going to face uh, sickness in your body. You're going to face sickness and disease that tries to come against you and tries to come against the people that you love and that you care about. You're, you're going to face heartbreak from time to time. You're going to face that stuff. If, if you're here today and you're facing some problems, you're facing some trouble, you're a part of this world. And that's something that Jesus said we would have to deal with. In fact, the word that Jesus uses when he talks about trouble here in this verse, the word that he uses is actually a word that means a situation so difficult, it causes one to feel stressed, squeezed, pressured, or crushed. And maybe that's where you find yourself today. You find yourself feeling a little, a little stressed today. Maybe the weight of this world, the weight of some of the things that you're up against right now have you feeling like you're being a little bit crushed, you're a little squeezed, the, the pressure is getting to you. That, we, we all face that from time to time because we all exist in this world. But the good news for, for you and for me is that Jesus wasn't done in this verse. Look at what he goes on to say. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but he says, but take heart. And, and when he says take heart here, notice the exclamation point. He, he's being aggressive with this, with this statement. He's not talking about like grabbing your physical heart. He's talking about the heart as being, he's talking about grabbing a hold of your appetites, grabbing a hold of your emotions. The, the heart is a symbol of the seed of your appetites and emotions and the things that you're dealing. He's saying take a hold of that. He says, for I have overcome the world. Okay, so, so here's what this means. That word overcome that Jesus uses there is a word that means not just that Jesus has once overcome, but that he, he's continuing to overcome. In fact, that word means this. It means a victory rooted in the past that continuously affects the present and the future. So here's what Jesus says. You can take heart. You can get a hold of your emotions. You can get a hold of, of what's, what's the, the, the fears and maybe the, the issues that you're dealing with right now. You can take heart. You can grab a hold of that if you consider what Jesus has done for you. You consider how he overcame and how he continues to overcome and will continue to overcome in the future. And listen, church, this is good news for you because if you're a Christian, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are in Christ Jesus. So if Jesus overcame, overcomes in the past and overcomes in the present and overcomes in the future, so do you if you're in Christ. But you've got to take heart. And one of the keys to, to taking heart in your life, to, to getting a hold of your emotions and controlling yourself so that when those problems rise against you, you don't get hung up in them. See, that's what happens to a lot of people. Problems and troubles arise in our life and they stop us in our tracks. They hold us up. But God wants to advance you through those problems. And one of the keys to being able to advance through those problems is found in faith-filled worship. Uh, that's why I'm calling this message advancing by advance. See, here, here's the idea. If you will worship in advance, it will lead you to advances. If you'll, if you'll worship before the victory, God will advance you to the victory. If you're willing to, to worship in faith in advance, before you have the victory, God will advance you through the problem, down the path to the victory that he has for you, that he's won for you, that he's made available for you. You gotta worship in, in spite of what you may be, be dealing with. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Worship in advance to advance. We worship in advance to advance. And, and this idea is really all throughout the Bible. 
Uh, in fact, we've been talking about it a few times during this, this crisis. We've talked about the story of, of Jehoshaphat and, and how they were facing these enemy armies that were coming against them. And what did he do? He put the praisers and the worshipers out front. They worshiped in advance and they walked into the victory that God won for them. There, there's a story of Joshua and the battle of Jericho. They're getting ready to, to, to go against this army in this fortified city. And what do they do? They march around that city and they lift up a shout of praise to the Lord and he causes the walls to come tumbling down. They never even had to fight because they worshiped in advance and God advanced them to their victory. And one of my favorite stories of this is, is, is in Acts chapter 16. If you want to go ahead and flip over there, Acts chapter 16, we see a great story of, of some guys who worshiped in advance and it led to them advancing into victory. It's the story of, of Paul and Silas. Now, let me kind of set this up for you a little bit. Paul and Silas are doing what God has asked them to do. This is after Jesus Christ has, has died on the cross. He's been raised from the dead. He's given the great commission, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel and share the good news. And so that's what Paul and Silas are doing. They're going around and they're sharing this gospel good news. And while they're doing this, they run into some trouble. What happens is uh, there's this lady that's demon possessed and she's bothering them. And so um, by the authority of Jesus Christ, they turn to her and they, they cast this demon out of this lady. Now, this leads to a problem. You see, that lady was a fortune teller. And there was a bunch of, of men that were using her and, and making money off of her. She was kind of a meal ticket for, for these people. And so now uh, she can't do what she used to be able to do because the demon has been cast out of her. And so these guys are mad. They're ticked off. And, and this mob comes up. And this is what it says. Acts chapter 16, verse 22 says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them... Uh, stripped and beaten with wooden rods. So they're, they're stripped naked and they're beaten with wooden rods. Not good. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The, jail, the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Now let me remind you, they've done nothing wrong. They're on the path that they're supposed to be on and they're facing a problem, right? And it's a bad problem. Uh, they've been beaten, severely beaten with wooden rods. They're, they're naked. It says that they were placed in the inner dungeon. The inner dungeon of a prison was basically the sewer system of this prison. So they're now sitting in the sewer system of this prison. There's probably raw sewage around them. It's gross. It's nasty. It probably smells horrific. And it says that their feet were clamped into these stocks. These, these stocks that their feet are clamped in were actually these custom built stocks that they would make and set these guys in them. And they were made in such a way that, that the position you would sit in would cause your, your legs to constantly cramp and you would be in pain. Okay, so this is Paul and Silas. They're in this dark place, in pain. They've been beaten. Their raw sewage is running past them. I mean, it's about as dark as it can possibly get. And look at what they do. Verse 25, around midnight, and midnight represents typically in scripture the darkest hour. Around midnight, check it out, Paul and Silas were praying, and look at this, singing hymns to God. So they were worshiping God in the middle of their problem, in the middle of it. And it says, and the other prisoners were listening. So, so in the middle of that darkness, in the middle of their trouble, in, before, before they had seen the victory, they're worshiping God. They're worshiping in advance in this moment. And they're not just like, you know, down in the prison, like 
Kumbaya, my Lord. No, no, no. These guys are like, they're getting it in worship. And we know this because they're in the inner dungeon and the other prisoners could hear them. So they were worshiping and they were going after it with the Lord. Look at this, verse 26. It says, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All of the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner flew off. This wasn't just your ordinary, you know, run-of-the-mill earthquake here, okay? Like, there, if it was just an earthquake, fine. But this is an earthquake where all the doors of the prison open up, nobody dies, and all of the chains of all the prisoners fall off. Like, this is a God-ordained earthquake. And this took place, why? Because Paul and Silas were willing to worship in advance, and God led them to an advancement. He, he took them out of their problem, advanced them through their problem on the other side to the victory that he had waiting for them. See, when you worship God in faith, here's what happens. That, that worship in faith is a powerful thing that God can use. Faith is a substance that God works with in this world. And he can take that faith that you offer to him and he can do something powerful with it. When you, when you worship, even when things don't look good, that faith to God says, man, I can work with that person. I can take that and I can do something with that. I'll never forget uh, years ago, Sarah was expecting our, our first child, my son Gus. And at this time in our life, um, we didn't make very much money. We were living paycheck to paycheck at this time. And in order to have our, our son, you've heard me talk about this before, um, it was going to cost us about $7,000 to have a baby. Our insurance was terrible. And so um, we, we didn't want to go into debt to have a baby. And so we had been saving our money and scrimping. We'd been eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We were not going to the movies. We were staying at home. We were doing all that stuff because if we did all of this, we'd be able to, to be able to, to have our baby debt-free, bring him home and not have to put our child on the credit card. And so that's what we were, that's what we were working to do. Well, we were about halfway through this process and we were on track to be able to to do what we were wanting to do and my car started giving me problems. And so, um, so I took it into the mechanic and left it with them and a couple days later on Valentine's Day, February 14th, I got a call from the mechanic and he said, hey, uh, I, I looked at your car and your exhaust system is, is shot and uh, we can't fix it. The only thing we can do is replace it and to replace it, it's gonna cost labor parts, all that's gonna cost over $3,000. And when I heard this, man, it was, it was devastating. I mean, I felt, I felt crushed and squeezed. It felt dark. It felt tough. And not only that, now I've got to call up my wife, my pregnant wife on Valentine's Day and give her this news. So I told the mechanic, all right, let me get back with you. I need to call my wife and let her know what's going on. So I hung up the phone with him. I called my wife, Sarah, and I began to share with her what had, had happened. And, and like you would expect a pregnant girl to do, uh, when she found this out, she started to cry. And, and so we're just kind of on the phone quietly, just frustrated, aggravated. And I began to do what I knew I needed to do, which was, you know, start speaking some words of faith over the situation. So I said, you know, hon, I don't know how this is going to work out, but God's faithful. He always takes care of us. It's going to be okay. And I'm saying that, but, but man, I am not feeling it at all. And I can tell it's, she's not really feeling it either. 
But, but I, knew, I knew it to be true and I knew the word. And it's so important that you know what the word of God says because as I'm saying some of that, then God kind of drops this story of Paul and Silas into my heart. And I'm reminded of what they did when they were in that dark, painful, rough situation that they began to worship God. And I felt like God was saying, hey, just, just worship me right now. And so I told Sarah, I was like, you know what? I feel like God is telling me that we need to worship. And so I don't know what you're going to do, but I'd encourage you to do this too. I'm going to hang up the phone. I'm going to put on some worship songs and I'm just going to sing some, some praises to the Lord. And uh, it's funny, I, I told Sarah this and she was like, okay. And she hung up the phone later on. She told me like, she did not feel like doing that at all. And honestly, neither did I. But, but I hung up the phone and I put on some worship songs and I was just in my office by myself and I began to lift my hands and I just said, Lord, I know you're gonna take care of us and I worship you right now. You're faithful. You've always been faithful. You've always been good. And so I cast this care over to you right now, Lord, and I ask you to, to work on our behalf, to help us with this, to take care of us. And I just began to sing some songs and just worship the Lord and just worship in advance. And as I did this, I didn't really feel a change. It, it just, you know, just kind of went through the motions of it. And it did not for real, a, a, a real long time, maybe three songs, about 15 minutes or so. And then I felt like, you know, I could stop. And so I turned off the music and I, I just kind of got back to work. Well, I'm working and about 15 minutes after I started working again, I get a call from the mechanic. And he says, hey, uh, after I got off the phone with you, I got to thinking, and I thought, you know, maybe that, that, that issue with the exhaust system is, is a, some kind of recall that could be under some form of warranty. And so he said he started looking it up, and, and sure enough, he discovered that there was a warranty. And so he called, he said, I called up a buddy of mine who works over at the dealership that your car comes from, and he said, if you'll just bring it in, that they will fix it for free, for free. Now, now just in case you're not getting this, okay, that mechanic took money out of his own pocket in order to help us, right? He was gonna get paid to do that work for our car. But he, he, he did that, why? Here's why I believe it happened. Because when we began to worship God in advance, God put it on the heart of that mechanic to do some work to help us and he advanced us through that problem. We didn't even have to face the problem. We didn't have to fight the battle. It was already fought and won. God made a way because when you worship in advance, it leads to advancements. And we have practiced this over and over again. Me and Sarah learned a lesson that day. When we face problems, it's time to worship the Lord. When you're up against it, it's time, even when you don't feel like it, to worship the Lord. And I could tell you story after story after story of, of times in our life when we faced problems, we faced issues, and, and rather than just sit there and gripe and complain and be frustrated, we chose to worship God. And as we worship God in advance for the victory, God advanced us to the victory. And I know he wants to do that for you too. And one, one of the things I love about this story of Paul and Silas is, is not only were the chains broken off of them, but the chains were broken off of all the people around them. Isn't that cool? Like they were worshiping and not only did it free them, it freed others. And I wonder if that might be true for you. Maybe you're in a situation right now where you've got an issue with your, with your spouse. Maybe they're not a believer. Maybe they're not a Christian. Maybe you have a child that's away from God right now. Rather than just worrying about them, rather than just griping about what you're dealing with with them, what if you begin to worship over them? And allow the Lord to start ministering on their behalf and doing work and speaking to them and putting thoughts into their mind that help usher them towards God's plan for, that, for their life. If you worship in advance, it will lead 
to advancements, okay? So, so for the rest of our time, I want to talk to you about and get real practical with you about how to practice this in your life so that you can move from here to there. So that if you're, if you're facing a problem, I want to give you five things today that you can begin to do. And there's, there's more than this, but there's just five that God placed on my heart for you this week that if you'll practice these things, I believe it will help God to move you in faith from here to there, to the place that God wants you to be, okay? So five things that lead to the advancements God has for you in worship. Here's the first thing you have to realize. If you're going to advance in God, number one is this, church isn't enough. When it comes to worship, church isn't enough. You can't just wait for a church service or a church gathering in order to practice uh, worship, to make worship a, a part of your, of your life. You know, the Bible talks about the benefits of worship, and there's some incredible benefits to the believer who is a worshiper. Uh, through worship, we can send the, the enemy running in the other direction. We can stop him and his attacks against us. Uh, through worship, we're able to express our love to God and receive a, a tangible expression of the love of God in our life. Uh, through worship, um, we, we have this powerful weapon of worship that, that we can use to protect ourselves and to guard ourselves against the enemies. Through worship, you, you can experience a greater awareness of the presence of God. Through worship, you can experience the blessings and the benefits of God. Through worship, there's so many benefits. And, and so my question to you is, is once enough, is once a week good enough for you? Because it ain't for me. Like, I need, I need God showing up in my life on a regular basis. And so I need to be a person who's worshiping on a regular basis, not just once a week. Church isn't enough. I need to create the habit of worship in my daily life. Listen, God never intended for worship to just be, you know, a little segment of your life that takes place once a week in a, in a 22 minute, you know, segment of a church service. That's not what God intended worship to be. And if that's all worship is to you, I want you to know you're really missing out you're, you're missing out on, on a connection with God that he wants to have with you. You're missing out on some of the intimacy that God wants to have with you. You know, corporate worship, like what we do at New Song Church when we all come together, is, is great. In fact, uh, we, we talked about in our lobby time today, one of the things we miss the most about you know, not being able to come together in church. And that's gotta be for me what it is, is, is corporate worship. Being able to come together with our church and hear people singing and clapping and, 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 and experiencing worship with, with you. I cannot wait till all this is over and we can ha have one of those, those big blowout worship nights that we have with everybody there. It's gonna be amazing. So looking forward to that. Corporate worship is powerful. But one-on-one but -on -one worship with God, where it's just you and God, is, is also extremely powerful. In fact, if I'm really looking at my life and when God has done the most work in my life, typically it took place out of those times of one-on-one -on -one worship with the Lord. See, there's a, there's a level of intimacy we step into when it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Think about the relationships of, of your life. Uh, you know, my closest relationship outside my relationship with Jesus is my relationship with my wife, Sarah. And we love to, to hang out with you know, groups of people. We, we love to have people over to our house from time to time and we eat with them and play games with them. And, and when they come over, it's, it's all of us together. I'm there with Sarah, but I'm also there with, with the group. And we love hosting groups like that. But if I'm being totally real with you, what I love more than anything is just hosting Sarah. 
I love just being able to go on a date with her and it's just me and her and I've got her undivided attention and she's got mine. I, I love being able to, to hear her heart and to be able to express my heart to her in those times when it's just, when it's just us. And also as her husband and, and her being my wife, there's also places of intimacy that we can go to when it's just the two of us that are not for everybody else. Now, I'm not trying to get weird here, okay? But, but think about this. The Bible says that we are the church and the church is the, the bride of Christ. So, so we're the church. Jesus is the groom. He, we're the bride. He's the groom. And I believe that there's, there's levels of intimacy that God wants to have in your life with you that are not available to you if all you ever do is participate in corporate worship with a bunch of people. You're going to have to create in your life some habits of one-on-one -on -one worship where you can connect with God and he gets your undivided attention and you get his. You got to create that in your life. So church isn't enough. If you're going to advance when problems come against you, and listen, here's the other thing. When a problem comes against you, you can't say, well, I'll worship. Church is coming up in six days and then I'll worship. No, no, no. You need to be able to worship in that moment right there. And because, uh, because we can, because of Jesus Christ, we can do that. We can connect with God anywhere at any time. And so I encourage you, don't wait for church. Make the habit of worship something that you do on the regular. Here's the second thing that you need to do. If you're gonna advance in worship so that you can move from here to there, number two, worship proactively, not just reactively. Worship proactively, not just reactively. In other words, don't just wait for a problem to arise to worship. Yes, it's good to, to worship God when a problem arises, but it's also good to worship God before the problem arises because when you worship God before the problem arises, it can keep the problem from arising. <laughs> it's kind of like this. On our house, uh, we have locks on our doors and we, we lock up our house. You know, when we're going to bed at night, we, we turn those locks and we lock up our house because we want to protect what's precious. We're not living in fear, but we want to protect our children. We want to protect our possessions, the things God's blessed us with. So we lock up our house just to be smart. So, so imagine that there's someone coming to my house and they want to rob from me. They want to steal from me, which by the way, there is an enemy in your life who wants to do just that. Okay. So, so I don't have my house locked up and they show up and they're now in my house and they want to start stealing from me. They want to hurt me. They want to hurt my children. Well, now I can react to that. And I can go, you know, find a weapon or I can go to another room in my house and I can lock myself in there. I can call 911. I can react to now that they're in my house, but what's better is if I actually had the house locked up to begin with so they couldn't even get in. And that's one of the things that happens when we worship God. When you worship God, you're locking the doors up. You're, you're stopping the enemy from even bringing attacks against you. In fact, the Bible talks about how through worship, you can silence the enemy. And that word silence doesn't just mean making quiet. It means you can make him cease and, and, and stop in all his activities. You can actually send him running in the other direction. That's what worship does. And so it's not just something we want to do when, when times are bad. Yes, it's good when, when things are bad, when troubles come against you. That's a great time to lift your hands and in faith worship. But I would encourage you daily to start your day by getting up in the morning and worshiping the Lord. Worship God in your car on your way to work. Worship God in your quiet time. Spend some time worshiping and singing songs to God. Don't just worship reactively, worship proactively. Here's number three. You need to practice horizontal and vertical worship. 
You need to practice horizontal, this way, <laughs> and vertical worship. Now, now here's, a, here's what that means, okay? Um, vertical worship are the songs of worship that we sing to the Lord that are directed directly to God. When you're singing a, a vertical song, it is a song that is praising and worshiping and honoring and magnifying God and, and who he is and bringing glory and praise to him. That's a, that's a vertical song. A horizontal song is a song that is, is more like a testimony song that we sing. And in, in horizontal songs, what we're doing is we're reminding ourselves of the faithfulness of God. And you know, this is very important. In fact, if you start to study scripture, one of the things you're going to see in the Bible is remembering is a major theme of scripture. There's all sorts of verses that speak to remembering the Lord your God. Remember your creator. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Uh, you're, you're to, Jesus said at the communion, he said you're to remember him by taking holy communion. If you read the Bible, you're gonna see times in the Bible when people would, they'd win a victory and they would, they would take stones and they would pile them up to create an altar that they could look at later that would be a remembrance of a victory that God gave them. They would eat meals and, and participate in, in ceremonies and celebrations that they'd come back to. And the point was that you'd be out with your kids, you'd be out with your family in Bible times and your kids would see that big pile of rocks over there and they'd say, dad, what was that? And, and the father could say, you know what happened there is God showed up. God did something amazing right there. Or you'd be eating this meal and we'd say, hey, we're eating this meal right now. We're remembering how God showed up and made a way for us and, and protected us and led us out of captivity. It's a, it's a testimony song. And these are important for you, especially, especially when you're facing problems to not just practice vertical worship. That's extremely important. We wanna worship and glorify and magnify God. But you also need to sing some songs that magnify who God can be in your life. That's why we sang that song we sang today, I Am all he says I am. We're talking about I, I'm chosen. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm not forsaken. We're reminding ourselves, hey, God is going to show up. God loves me. He's for me. He wants to walk with me. He wants to be with me. So when you're facing tough times, yes, sing. And I, and I, I would say this too. Most of the worship that I do, I practice is vertical. But I also want to work in some horizontal songs to remind myself and build up my faith so I can believe God for the victory, so I can advance to the victory he has for me. Here's number four. If you're going to go from here to there, you're going to have to push yourself when it comes to worship. Push yourself a little bit. Don't just get comfortable. Don't just settle for this is how worship's going to be for me. But keep pushing yourself to grow. Keep pushing yourself to do, to do more when it comes to worship. You know, the Bible endorses a lot of different expressions of worship. The Bible talks about clapping your hands in worship. The Bible talks about bowing down on your knees in worship. The Bible talks about shouting unto the Lord in worship. Uh, the Bible talks about singing a new song, which means that you write your own song to the Lord. That's a new song. Uh, the Bible talks about dancing in worship. You say, well, Pastor Josh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not real comfortable with some of that stuff. I don't, I don't know how, how good I feel about that. And, 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 and I get it. I understand that we're all, we're all in journeys in different places. And I'm not telling you that as we come back in, I expect all of you to be doing some of that. Some of that isn't really appropriate in corporate worship, to be kind of honest with you, because it can be distracting to other people, especially uh, new believers. But my question to you is this, do you ever do any of that stuff? Like, do you ever bow down to the Lord? Like choose to bow down, to bow your knee to Jesus? Do you ever lift your hands and worship the Lord? Do you ever shout unto God 
with a voice of triumph. You ever sing a new song to the Lord? You say, well, Pastor Josh, I don't know how to write songs. That's not what I do. Well, I bet you know how to write a love letter. And that's all a new song is. It's you just writing a love letter to the Lord from your heart to his saying, God, I love you and I'm, I believe in you. And it doesn't have to rhyme, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's from you to the Lord. That's all he cares about. See, here, here's, the, here's where we get messed up. Sometimes we come up with this question when it comes to worship where it's like, uh, the question we have is, what am I comfortable with? <laughs> but that's not really the question. See, at the heart of that question is, I'm, at, I'm on the stage here. This is about me. But, but when it comes to worship, it ain't about you. It ain't about you. Turn the person beside you. If you've got somebody there and tell them, it ain't about you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. The question is not, what am I comfortable with? The question you'd be asking yourself is, what do I feel like God's inviting me to do? And if he's inviting you to do something, a great way to practice some of these things that maybe you're uncomfortable with in a corporate setting is to do them in your one-on-one worship time with the Lord. In, in the comfort of your own house with nobody else watching. Listen, that is pure worship. It's not a show. You're not trying to put on a show for anybody but God. You're bowing to him. You're singing to him and you're saying, God, this is about you and I'll do whatever you invite me to do. And let me just tell you, as you practice this, as you learn how to lift your hands up high and worship in your own room, it'll get a lot easier for you in a corporate setting to lift your hands up to hear and worship God. So I encourage you, push yourself. What's the Lord inviting you to do and push yourself to keep growing, to keep moving ahead in your walk with God and your worship life with God. And here's number five. If you're gonna advance from here to there, you need to expect to hear from God in worship. You need to expect as you're doing this stuff, as you're taking time to worship God in the privacy of your own home, you need to expect that God's gonna speak to you. He's gonna reveal things to you. In fact, I was reading this week. This is, this is awesome. Jeremiah 33, verse three says this. It says, call to me, this is God talking to us, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. So God will, will, will show you hidden things that you, you don't know, you don't see it. He'll show you those things when you call to him. And when that, when that verse says call to him, it doesn't just mean, you know, like you call him up on the phone or like you make a request of God. Actually, the word call means this. It means proclaim, declare out loud, recite, invite, renown. Or let me say it like this, worship God. That's what it really means. We're to worship God. You could, you could literally read this verse like this, worship me and I will answer you and will tell you hidden things that you have not known. I wanna encourage you, when you're worshiping God, when you're spending time with the Lord, man, have a notebook ready. Be expecting God's gonna to speak to you. Have a highlighter, get your Bible out. Be expecting that God's gonna to speak to you. Some of the most powerful times I've heard the Lord speak to me have come through times where I'm just worshiping Him and connecting with Him. Because see, when you worship God, God shows up. Now, listen, it's not that God wasn't already there. It's that your awareness of God becomes more more aware. You become aware that God's there. You become more in tune with his voice for your life. You become able to hear him in a greater way. His frequency speaking into your life becomes louder. So when you worship God, you should expect that God's gonna speak to you. You should expect to hear from him. I, I was thinking this week about 
my life in different times and God's spoken to me. I'll, I'll never forget, I was driving down the road from Oklahoma to Texas where I lived at the time and I had just listened to a message and I had been praying and I was worshiping the Lord and I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to ask a question that I'd asked many times before, which is what's the name of the church that I'm gonna pastor? And as I, I asked that question, God said, New Song Church, and he's dropped Psalm 40 and the, the beginning vision of New Song Church was dropped into my heart in a time of worship. I'll never forget moving to Oklahoma City or we were in the process of moving to Oklahoma City and we were trying to figure out where we were gonna plant this church. You know, are we gonna put it in Moore? Are we gonna put it in, in Edmond? Are we gonna put it in Norman? Like, you know, the Metroplex is a big space here. We didn't know where to plant the church. And I, I was driving down the road and trying to figure this out. And I'm, I was worshiping the Lord and praying and just glorifying God. And he spoke to me and he said, look for a place to plant your family and I'll show you where to plant the church. And so we shifted our focus and we started looking for where we wanted to live as a family. And God led us to the place he wanted us to plant the church. I'll never forget uh, about a year ago, we were in a season where the church was growing and we needed a building. And I, I didn't exactly know what to do. I didn't know if we needed to buy land. I didn't know if we needed to find a building. We'd been looking for a building. We couldn't find anything. And I, I was once again driving down the road in my car and I'd been worshiping the Lord. And God spoke to me and he said, take a step and I'll bless the step you take. And I knew that the step we were to take was to buy land. And so we started making the steps to buy land. God blessed us with our land. We got it for way cheaper than they originally wanted it to be. And then in the process of that, he also showed us this building that we're going to be moving into in just the next few weeks. God speaks to us when we worship. He reveals things to us. God wants to advance you forward if you'll advance in worship. Let me, let me ask you something. What if the answer that you're looking for is just on the other side of some time spent worshiping the Lord? What if the healing that you so desperately need in your body or maybe in your mind, what, what if that healing is, on, is just on the other side of some time spent, you and God just, just worshiping Him, glorifying Him? What, what, if, what if there's a victory that you've been fighting for that you just can't seem to grab a hold of. What, what if that victory is just on the other side of some, some time spent worshiping the Lord? What, what if the breakthrough that you've been looking for with your kids, in, in your marriage, in a relationship, what if, it's, what if it's just on the other side of some time spent worshiping God? New Song Church, I believe this. If you, will, if you will worship God in advance before the victory, God will advance you to the victory. We advance by advancing. We are advanced by worshiping in advance. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? I believe God's speaking to you wherever you find yourself today. Just take a moment and get quiet and just listen. What's God saying to you? Maybe he's, he's encouraging you to spend more time in worship. Maybe God right now is calling out to you and saying, hey, I just wanna, I just wanna be with you. I just want to, me and you, have some one-on-one -on -one time. If God's saying that to you, I, I would encourage you to take some steps in your life to position yourself to create habits of worship that don't just happen once a week, but that happen all the time. Make room for the Lord because he's got some great things in store for you. And if you worship in advance, it will lead to advancements. Maybe you're listening to this right now and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you right now to help you to step into the relationship that God has for you. God wants to advance you. 
He's got good things in store for you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. He, he made a way so that you can have life and forgiveness and all your sins, all your mistakes can be erased. And all you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died on the cross for your sins and confess with your mouth. And if you've never done that before, I wanna help you do that right now. So if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say this, say, Father God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you made a way through the cross so I could be saved. I confess that I've sinned and I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Be my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, Go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.